0: You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP.
1: And it is a new year, and we are always just so grateful that we have the opportunity to talk with uh, the town manager for the lovely town, the important town, the wonderful town of Amherst, Massachusetts. Paul Backelman is with us now. Hello, Paul.
0: Good morning. Thanks for having me.
1: Uh, It's our pleasure, and Happy New Year to you. Well, speaking of Happy New Year... um, I want to talk about, first of all, there's a new town council that was just sworn in uh, earlier this week. And uh, I want to talk to you about the, what your priorities are for 2024.
0: Sure. So the way our town government is slightly different than other town governments in terms of of um, our, how we organize. So the town elects a town council. Uh, which took office, and for two-year terms, and they took office on Tuesday night when they all got sworn in. They then elect a president and a vice president. They retained the current president vice president, Lynn Griesmer, and Anna Devlin-Gothier as the vice president. Um, The way the council then, they established goals for the town manager, which are basically the town council's goals, and then I am to align the budget to meet the the, the goals, and then they we they evaluate me on how well we've done. So the last town council in December approved a set of goals that includes six major goals, but it turns out to be about 40 <laughs> sub goals total. Um, it's a lot. Um, and then there's a, a, another half a dozen of management goals, like making sure the budget is balanced and stuff like that. Um, so the big goals are, I'll just go through the topics, the major topics, one is climate action, uh, One is what they call community health and safety, economic vitality, housing affordability, capital investments, and racial equity and social justice. Those are the major goals that the council has established. No serious
1: Um, aspirations there,
0: huh? Yeah, I know. Um, So what we do now, the town staff with our department heads are looking through each one of those goals and sort of making making a judgment on what kind of resources we have to meet all those goals. And the new counselor, we have four new counselors who are starting. Um, one returning who was um, previously defeated in the last election, George Ryan, one person who had been serving on the um, Finance Committee as a non-voting member, one person who had served uh, as a school committee member, and one person who has served on, a com- on, a, on our um, Community um, Safety and Social Justice Committee. So they're all experienced uh, um, committee members. And so they're going, in the next couple of meetings, they will review all of these goals and say, hey, which ones are our highest priorities? Are we all in agreement still on our goals?
1: And you're, you're, I mean, it is a different kind of form of government than the other mayors who regularly come on Talk to Talk have, where there's clearly a legislative branch, which is the city or town council, and then there's an executive branch, which is the mayor's office. You sort of are uh, an expression of, the town council, the legislative branch, is that right?
0: Well, it, we it's the same form. The only thing that's different is that instead of an elected mayor, there's an appointed manager. The manager is the chief elected executive officer for the town, has all the rights and duties that a mayor would have. It's just that the, a, this form of government aligns the town manager's interests with the council's interests because the council appoints and can fire me if I'm not doing the right things. Got it.
1: There has been uh, a lot of Amherst in the news recently. Um, we uh, we spoke to the president of the town council and mm-hmm. the chair of the library commissioners about this $10 million borrowing for mm-hmm. the library for the renovations to the Jones that was authorized at the end of 2023 at the last meeting of the town council. Can you talk about
0: that? Yeah, so that was the last hurdle um for the Jones library to move forward really in terms of local approvals going this this project has gone back over a decade every step of the way the elected and appointed bodies have all approved it it started with town meeting approving it the select board approved it. the board of library trustees have approved it Um, the new town council has approved it twice now Um, the planning board has approved it Disability Access Advisory Committee, everybody has has voted in favor of this project. And it, there was even a townwide vote that was very uh, strongly in favor of the project. So now we are in the design stage. We're preparing bid documents so we can go out to bid and see where the prices come in, make sure that they're within our budget. Our budget is, is set now. We have a borrowing authorization from the town council, and that's the number we got, we we're going to stick to.
1: And will you play a role in uh in in putting out those bids
0: yes yeah you know, so it's our responsibility we have of course an owner project manager, uh manager and also um a, a design team that's putting it together i serve on the building committee and also ultimately i am the, the awarding authority for the town is for for all bids
1: and do you have a timetable in terms of the jones uh renovation project being completed
0: oh you know we it'll be a couple years we're looking at uh, alternate sites we have bids are due today actually for alternate sites to continue to provide services for the jones it will close um for a while um and then reopen it at different locations providing services that it must provide um, and then it's about a two-year process uh, for the construction and everything it's a major construction it's 46 million dollar construction project I'd like to ask about that, uh,
1: and I don't mean to be sort of the Debbie Downer in this conversation, mm-hmm. but what happens if the bids come in higher than what the projected costs are? What, what then?
0: Sure. So we we have been getting um, there are companies out there that do estimates based on your design, and they'll look at the market conditions, they project it forward, and put you know factoring in an inflation rate. And they say, here's what you think it should cost. And we have done that at various stages along the way at like 50% of design, 75% of design. And that gives us the information we need to say, what should the budget be? Um, it's a, you know, we, we, it's a major capital construction project. It's union um, labor. Uh, we do sub-bids for the uh, certain trades like electric, plumbing, things like that, and then an overall bid. The budget is clear what it is, and so hopefully it has to has to come in at that number. If it doesn't, there are two choices. One is to go for more money, which the council said we will not be going for more money. And the other is to reduce the um, what we're trying to buy.
1: So, Paul Bachman, would the bidders know what the range is? Uh, sure. It's, it's sure all public information. It. It's public record, but you won't. it's not yeah. part of the bidding documents, not part of the solicitation of no. bids.
0: No, but there are no secrets. (laughs) Okay.
1: Um, The Daily Hampshire Gazette had a big headline a a few days ago uh, about a Chapter 90 increase of, I think, roughly $300,000 in road repairs for Amherst. Um, I guess a a number of communities are getting these increases. So what can you tell us about that? We know that there's been a real concern in Amherst about the quality of the road, uh, the the potholes on the roads and uh, repairs that are needed. Um, so could you talk to us about what's in store?
0: Yeah, we really thank the legislature and the, the state for giving us the $383,000 in additional funding this year. That comes from the fair share amendment, which everybody calls the millionaire's tax. Great news for us. Um, that comes through a Chapter 90 formula, which is comes to Rose Chapter 70. People will hear about that goes to schools. So we're focused on Chapter 90. Um, we get about $830,000 a year under the current Chapter 90 formula. This uh, this is a you know half again as much money for us to put into roads. That being said, it's a drop in the bucket for our needs. We have about $27 million in back uh, on road repair that needs to be done. We're chipping away at it. Uh, we have really focused on the major roads in the town to repair them and repave them. And we've done pretty a pretty good job on that. Um, but what really people are feeling is the secondary roads, the roads that they live on, that they drive multiple times a day, and they're hitting potholes and things like that. So we're hoping with some additional money this year, we'll start to dig into some of those neighborhood roads. This is
2: Dan. Uh, can you talk about the additional funding that might be coming in to actually tried to knock down that $27 million that you were just talking about?
0: Yeah, so we wish the state would put more money into roads. We would like them to make a multi-year commitment. Um, they and I think, you know, that's a constant request by the MMA. Um, we have been carving out more and more money from our town budget because roads are a priority for this town council. Uh, we talked about the town council goals. That's one of their major priorities is to get roads paved. Um, you know, every couple of years, we we have, it's really interesting, we go on forever on this, but we have a, a, a company that comes in and they drive a car around and they look at every road in town and they give it a rating, a PCI rating, pavement condition index. And it gets a grade on the, you know, what the condition of the road is and all that kinds of stuff. Then we match that up with the amount of traffic it gets. And so the most highly traveled roads, if they're in poor condition, get the first priority. Um, and then we start allocating the the money that we have towards that the problem with that is that if you live if you, you're you on a cul-de-sac with five houses and the only you 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 drive it all the time but the only, only the ups truck comes up there otherwise it's a low priority for the town and then those roads get you know we get a lot of we hear from folks who are living on those roads so those are the roads that really need the attention um, but we do this study with the study you know the study and the presentations on our website people can look at it you learn everything you can about roads. It's there. It's, you know, alligatoring. If you start looking at what roads look like, you'll see why we have to do certain things.
1: Amherst town manager. I I just want to share a little anecdote, a little story that I heard uh, earlier this week. Someone told me that they were trying to avoid a pothole in Amherst on their way to work. And, uh, they swerved to avoid the pothole so they didn't damage their car and a police officer stopped them and said, you were swerving. And once it was explained, the police officer said, yeah, that's perfectly all right. I'm not going to give out any names, but I think his initials were Dan Torres. Is that right, Dan?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, some of the details there are wrong, but okay. <laughs> that happened months ago, and it wasn't coming into work. I was going home, uh, and it was at UMass. But yes, uh, that is true. That is that is it. That did happen. <laughs> so, the, the, the town, man,
1: town manager Paul I, I could you go back to this formula for deciding which roads get repaired for just one second? If mm-hmm. it is a low, tra- low-traveled road, uh, said that badly, but is r- lesser traffic, but it's in
0: terrible shape, does that go to the top of the list? So we we tr- sort of triage all these things, and you know, and I think. People say, "Oh, our town roads are worse than everybody else's." But what happens is that when you drive through another town, you tend to be on their major arteries, and those major arteries tend to be well maintained, and and ours are too. So when you're on a side road, you tend not to drive side roads in other towns, but in uh, but in your hometown, you tend to drive the side roads. So you start to notice it. So everybody in every town says, "My our roads suck," to be quite honest, Um, and so. When we look at, we've done a pretty good job at uh, addressing almost all the major roads, but I'll just give an example. So we did a small section of Bay Road, which is a heavily traveled road that connects, you know, Belchertown with the world, basically, um, from the Belchertown line to Holst Road, which is less less than a mile. That was about eight hundred thousand dollars to pave it. That was the entire state allotment from the from the state eight hundred thousand dollars. So it's expensive to pay, really repave the roads um, in, in the correct way.
2: Um, this is just, Dan, really quick on, on roads again. How much does Amherst actually spend on roads per year total? I heard you just say 800000 from the state, but how much of the budget yeah. goes?
0: We have about $2 million that we're putting into the roads. We have a, a bid that we did last fall um, that we awarded, and that's ready to go. Um, the company that was awarded the bid, said they had there was too much too many weather delays last summer they couldn't get it in before the asphalt plants close and that's why there's no paving in the after thanksgiving or christmas when the asphalt plants close there's no asphalt to repave roads so all the companies pretty much shut down you'll see there were notices about the state shutting down work on route 9 and hadley things like that until the asphalt plants reopen in april or may there won't be much road work um so we have that bid ready to go. It's been awarded. As soon as the asphalt plants open, there are about a dozen roads that are going to get paved.
2: And will you go regionalization? Will you work with other towns in the area in order to get these bids uh, done?
0: You know, there is, Franklin County, uh, regional uh, government has a regional bid. Sometimes that works to our advantage and sometimes it doesn't. Um, you have to commit to a certain number of road miles and, um and then it's a fixed price and you know it's a competitive marketplace and um so it's not always to our advantage the problem the challenge for cities and towns has been that the state is doing major um, construction and major paving and they pay more and the contractors tend to go to state projects because they're going to make more money um, you know, they, they were paving Route 9 in Amherst, which is also called Northampton Road, and they did a wonderful job, um, but they they that meant that contractor was devoted to that project for that period of time.
1: Well, we are talking with Amherst Town Manager Paul Bacelman. No conversation with any town official is complete without talking about schools, particularly Amherst. The schools have been in the news, and there's uh, a large deficit which I'd like to talk to Paul Backelman about when we come back right after this.
0: More Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg coming up right here on WHMP. You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg, WHMP.
1: And we are back with our first visit of 2024 with um, town manager from Amherst, Paul Backelman. And we have to ask you about the schools. The schools are facing a deficit that has engendered a lot of concern by a lot of people, Paul Backelman. Uh, can you tell us about it and about what you think is going to happen?
2: And, and may I add something before you do? Just really quick mm-hmm. from what I've read. The, while the deficit really hasn't been decided how big it is, the estimates that they've seen so far range around about $2 million, which would be a significant cut uh, if, unless the town finds additional money for that. Right.
0: Yeah, so a lot of things happen. So to, first off, the way our schools is structured, the K to six, kindergarten to six are town schools. And then we've regionalized grades seven to 12, and that's a regional school. And there are four towns, Amherst, Pelham, Leverett, and Shutesbury, who all are participants in that regional school district. So we have sort of a hybrid district. So let's talk about the regional school district, because that's the one uh, that's gotten the head tension so far. The um, we, in December, we had what we call a four towns meeting, which is where representatives from the select boards, council, finance committees, school committees come together into one virtual room and have a conversation about where we are. The superintendent uh, presents numbers, and he re, he showed about a two million dollar deficit. The question is, what's driving that deficit? And the big things, you know, they, there's a new settled. Union contract, but it's it's reasonable. Um, there are increases in health insurance that we're projecting right now at 12 percent, which is, you know, we're we're a personnel-heavy uh, system in town, and that drives a lot of the cost. Um, and also, special ed costs have gone up dramatically. So early stages, um, we the town said we look at our revenues. We projected a bit we could give all the town departments, including the schools and libraries, about three percent. They factor that in. They look at what the other towns can contribute. And then they say, here's what our needs are if we wanted to continue to doing what we're doing. And then it comes in with a large deficit as they talked about. What happens from now on? And that's like, that should be the worst case scenario because maybe our health insurance rates aren't so bad. Maybe we make changes to the health insurance plans to lower the cost. Maybe state aid comes in better. All those things, those all those things all come, uh, we'll get our state aid, um, projections from the governor when he when she releases her budget in later this month and then we'll get our health insurance rates in early February probably that will continue to address it but there will be a deficit it's going to be impactful
2: uh, and this is Dan. Can you also talk about, uh, I guess, affordability in Amherst and how it ties into schools? Because it feels like people, um, the town skew is older and the older folks tend to not have kids in the school system. And so Amherst, I think, long term has seen that problem. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, it's not unique to Amherst. I think if you've talked with other folks, especially in the hill towns, it's, they're having a, 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 a drop off on their school student population. Ours is relatively stable. Um, the the Our population is, we're sort of a barbell where we have a lot of younger people and a lot of older people, um, but our school system, you know, for all the challenges it has, it still is a top-notch school system. People move here because of the schools. Um, we have to work to protect the values that our schools have brought. And that's the biggest challenge because, you know, we don't want to eliminate programs that people really value. So um, how we come up with funds it's a it's a big there aren't many there aren't many i was talking to a school committee member on tuesday at the swearing in there aren't many tools we have prop two two and a half limits how much money we can tax um the only other options are from the state which you know we have we and northampton have really not um benefited much from chapter 70 funds uh we've been pretty stagnant for the last 20 years basically and um and and so so if the state doesn't give us more money we're limited by property taxes that's where all the money comes from then we have to look at cost savings
1: and i know we don't have enough time we have less than a minute to, so i just want to mention what always is sort of in the shadows and prominent at the same time in amherst which is you have the universities uh at amherst college university of massachusetts they flood the community with people and therefore demands uh, on services and yet uh, they don't adequately compensate U.S. taxpayers relative to what residences do. Is there something that's going to, in 30 seconds, is there something going to happen about that in 2024?
0: Yeah, so we have a strategic partnership agreement with the university, and they do provide funds directly to the schools to offset the costs that they have students who live in university-owned um housing that doesn't pay taxes, and we've sort of calculated that, and they give funds to the school district for that. Um, We have a five-year agreement with the university. We are working on the same things for Hampshire College and Amherst College as well.
1: Paul Bachman, thank you so much. We're wishing you the best in 2024. Thank you. for. We're always going to look forward to our conversations with you, and everybody, thank you for joining us this week on Talk the Talk. Have a great weekend.
0: You're listening to Talk the Talk with Bill Newman and Buzz Eisenberg.